What's up everyone, welcome back to another episode of Fiery Fridays. Uh, we missed last week, I was away, but we're back this week. It is currently, uh, we're one game off the NBA Finals, potentially, potentially three games. Uh, the series score of the Miami Heat is 3-1 Miami's way. We're heading to Boston tomorrow morning. So for some listeners, it'll be after game five. Um, we haven't seen the results yet. So some of these questions do uh, kind of fall on that game. So if you're listening to this and we make a bad, bad prediction, then uh, give us a little bit of give us a little bit of slack. Uh, the Nuggets have just swept the LA Lakers by surprise, in my opinion. I thought LA would at least get one. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people had LA winning, so we'll touch on that a little bit, which will lead. First of all, how are you going? Yeah, good. Um, been an interesting playoffs. Uh, like you said, pretty shocking that the Lakers got swept. You'd expect them to get one. Um, yeah, I suppose you go back a few weeks when you said the Nuggets would get the Suns. They got the Suns. Um, looking at that now, Suns say sit a bit high. They go against Golden State. I mean, you'd probably take. I mean, if you just took it on face value, they they lost the Lakers and Suns got more games on the Nuggets, etc. Um, makes it interesting to think what it would have been like in the Western Conference Finals, maybe with Nuggets Denver, maybe the same result. Um, but yeah, like pretty shocking, but good to see the Nuggets through as soon as they beat the Suns, confident that they were going all the way. Still think they are no matter what. I think they're the best team in the league by far. Um, but yeah, it's been good. Tomorrow will be interesting as well. Very interesting. Um, I think Denver deserve it at the worst. I think they've been the highest performing team so far, um, which kind of leads into my next question after the Western Conference Finals. The first question of this week's Fiery Fridays. Uh, is it time for LeBron to hang him up? Now, after they lost, there's been a bit of speculation. I know he went into the press conference and says he has to have a think about it. There's reporters coming out saying that it could be over. It could most definitely be over. Should LeBron hang Should LeBron hang the boots up? Yes or no? And why? What's to go with his contract, firstly? Isn't he... He's on for another two years? Yeah, I think so he's just two years. He's just... What, what happens? He just doesn't get paid for that. He, I, I think, think if you... I think if you retire... I'm not sure. I think I'm pretty sure they just tear it up. Yeah. Um, should he? No, I don't reckon he. I don't think he should, and I don't think he will. Like he's still playing really good basketball. Um, even playoffs. I think maybe as he gets a bit older, like he seems settling for threes a bit more. I think that's kind of good. Maybe he just needs to tamper with that a bit. But overall, like you'd still take him on any team. There's not many teams that. Um, have a player even close to him. He's right. I think he came out and said, I'm better than 95% of the NBA. Like, he's correct. Um, the best 100 players, he's probably in the top four. Yeah, I mean, he's still probably in your top five no matter what. Um, yeah, just unlucky. I think it was disappointing that they got swept. Like They've gone against a good team, but you always expect, you know, great players to get one. Um, and I think it was a little bit of like, not like, dummy spitting after but I think he was just hitting him real heavy then straight after the game now I think he'll reset he's got his son coming in the league he'll be he'll be there for at least another year I'd, I'd say and if he's going to do another year I think Bronny gets drafted what next year yeah a year or year after he he'll play with he'll play then... with him one season yeah I reckon um, yeah he's, he's doing fine I, I think he's going to go until he slows down and that that means like 20 20 to 15 points per game. I think he might go for another three or four. 
And a lot of people will say that, yeah, you're saying this, but I think that happens after any time you lose. I think you come out and be like, I'm never playing again. I'm doing all this, that, this, that. But, you know, to get swept in a in a final, in a Western Conference finals like that, um, it's tough. So I think it was, you know, heat of the moment sort of talking from LeBron. I don't think he actually means any of it. Um, a lot of people are saying this is the first year we've seen age catch up to the LeBron. I don't think so. I just think it it shows that there's a lot more that goes into winning than your main player. You know, Denver have a great squad. They've got a great coach. They've got depth. You know, Reggie Jackson, Thomas Bryan, I say it every week, but they they don't even get minutes on that team. And I'm I'm pretty certain that they'd maybe both start on that Lakers team. And yeah. the fact that they're not scraping minutes on that Nuggets team says a lot. They've got the two-time MVP, should have been three-time. He's just won Western Conference Finals MVP. And they're looking like, at the moment, they're looking like they're going to win the NBA Finals. And he was potentially Finals MVP, Jokic. So... I mean, Lakers were the seventh seed. They had a rough regular season. They were two and ten off the rip. They came back. Uh, they had a big trade deadline where they had Russell Westbrook and a whole completely different team, and they switched it up. And to get to where they were, even shocked me. So they did. They did get swept, but it's tough. I mean, you know, you look back at LeBron and what he did on the Heat. Obviously, it's historical, but he had Chris po- Chris Boss, who was a Hall of Famer. He had Dwayne Wade, who, you know, won his own ring with Shaq back on the Miami Heat, and then he had Eric Spol- Spolstra as the head coach who, you know, you see what he's doing with this Heat team and the Heat team back in the bubble. You know, he's not just your regular coach. He's a he's one of the all-time greats. So it, I just think that there's a lot more to it than LeBron performing and, you know, not not being the GOAT that he is. So I think he's got a lot more in him. Regular season this year, he averaged 29, 8, and 7. You know, and in the playoffs, he averaged 25, 9, and 6. And in the very last game in a do-or-die, yes, they were down 3-0, but he had 48 and 9. Something like, like that. that no one no one's doing that you know there's there's a select few players that are doing that sorry but um yeah I, I don't think i still think he's got a lot left in the tank and if you're still doing it why not get paid you know you're getting 20 25 million a year why not so we'll see i don't looking, think he, i don't think it's up for him looking back at the delo russell westbrook trip russell westbrook trade i mean delo's coming off the bench and you're do or die game, not performing in the playoffs. Does that look like a bad trade in hindsight? Um, I'm not sure. I think Vando, D'Lo and all those sort of players really stepped up, especially Rui sort of stepped yeah. up these playoffs. Um, Austin Reeves got a bigger role as well. So it, it's it's a whole new roster. Vanderbilt played all right during the early games, but I don't know. I didn't like Darvin Ham's rotations in the last game. Um, Vando, I don't think, stepped on the court. Um, D'Angelo Russell got limited minutes and it was garbage time at the end of each quarter. So it looks like he didn't drop many points, but he didn't really get the opportunity. I think if you're you're on the back foot, you've got to put firepower on there. And if he doesn't perform, he doesn't perform and you lose. But he's meant to be a top three player, an offensive player on your team for a reason. So if he doesn't step up, he doesn't step up. But I don't think you switch everything and throw on Tristan Thompson for 30 minutes who hasn't played a single second this whole season. I know you've got to throw something different at Jokic, you got to. But I think you've got to put D'Lo out there when it's do or die. I think that's yeah. I think that's a given. Um, so I didn't like that. Um, Dennis Schroeder performed pretty well, but um, yeah, I'm not I'm not going to say it. I think it, they did it for the better. I think they got better after it. They definitely their regular season record got better. Yeah, and they definitely outperformed what I thought they would have in the and at the postseason. All right, second question. We're looking at the NBA lottery uh, that happened last week while we didn't uh, post an episode. The San Antonio Spurs have secured the first pick. I know you uh, wanted them to get the first pick the most, so that was yep. a good pick. 
Um, let's talk about the NBA lottery results. Um, I don't know if you have them up, but uh, I'll start. Houston Rockets not getting a top three pick was a big one for me. I think they were they're in the biggest struggle streak for me to have no offense. I know they brought in uh, Ime Udoku, um, which is a very good signing for them. But I just feel like they really needed Miller, Scoot, or Wemby. I think the draft kind of falls off. A lot of people have mixed opinions about this draft. A lot of people think that it's a uh, very stacked draft. I'm not a massive fan of it compared to the last couple. Uh, obviously, Wembenyama and Scoot and Brendan Miller are very, very good players. But um, yeah, so there's a few players down the down the sort of board that intrigue me. Um, but uh, sort of looking at the thing, Charlotte Hornets, I'm happy with they've got the second pick, but Charlotte and Portland at the two and three is a very awkward position for both teams, in my opinion. I thought they both need the number one pick um, or it's kind of, you know, I think they're both in the sort of, do we trade this pick now? Charlotte having the second pick, do they take Scoot and pair him with Lamelo? Can Lamelo move to the three, considering he's six, seven, six, eight, and Scoot move to the one, even though Scoot's more of a, you know, slashing guard? Can Lamelo defend at the two and guard your two and threes? It's a very awkward sort of thing. And if, if they want to go in the direction of Brendan Miller, which a lot of mock drafts have them taking now because of the position they're in, you know, they want to bring back Miles Bridges. They've got Gordon Hayward. They've got Oubre. They've got uh, Cody Martin. You know, it's just, they've got a lot of forwards and it's a sticky situation. Brendan Miller is obviously high up there. Then there's people that just say, just draft the, the best player on the board. Don't worry about what you've got. Draft them. Um, do they go after someone like Bradley Beal? Uh, bring Bridges back, try and sign a center. And like go for, you know, a dark horse in the East. I'm not too sure. Um, but they definitely will have some trade value with the young pieces they have in the second pick. Do they take Scoot? It's tough. I think Lamella Lamella has to be your one guard. Yeah. Portland with the third pick is a tough one as well, because if Scoot goes, I think Brendan Miller's a pretty good choice. But if Scoot doesn't go, then you've got Lillard at your one. And you've got Simons at your two. Like, does Scoot come off the bench? Um, or do you look down the board and let Scoot drop? I don't think that's um, likely to happen. So both teams are a little bit in a sticky situation. Um, I do think Charlotte might take Brendan Miller and then Portland's going to be in a little bit of a sticky situation. I think this could be the year we see Dame off and it will be maybe an on-the-night sort of draft trade. I'm just sort of scared that if Charlotte take Brendan Miller, Portland won't be expecting it. And then they're kind of going to be that. They'll have that five-minute window where you know, do we trade? Where do we trade? And they might just take Scoot, and then they're going to have to look for something for Lillard in the offseason. But other than that, uh, Pistons obviously fell to fifth. They were meant to be first, second, or third. Not too bad for them. I didn't. I still like their roster either way. I think they're going to get someone nice at the five. Um, I think they sort of need anyone off the bench. It's not that big of a deal. Um, so I don't mind them falling. Orlando Magic, another team, young team that has kind of everything. Um, they don't really need, you know, they could have used Wemby, obviously, instead of Wendell Carter, but I don't think it affects them too much. Um, and then my Wizards went to eighth. They were meant to get eighth. Uh, not a great spot for us. Hopefully we get Anthony Black. I think he's a six, seven point guard. People are saying he's the giddy with athleticism and defense. So that is a, that's a big shock, but yeah, and it's a big role to um, overcome. So I like the draft. Um, obviously, the what was I going to say? The Mavericks, I think, kept their pick because they stayed in the ten. 
Um, if they if it dropped out of the ten, it was someone else's or something like that. So the Mavericks were lucky, especially with the season they had. Um, so yeah, that's my thoughts on the NBA lottery. Do you have any thoughts on it? Um, yeah, I think the Spurs desperately needed it. Um, they've got it and they've pretty much just come out straight away and said, taking him. Um, I think Hornets 100% take Miller. He's a small forward power forward, isn't he? Yeah. Slash power forward. Yeah, they're taking him for sure. I guarantee it. You're right. He's like a, it's, it's like, this reminds me so much of like a Luka Doncic on the Maverick situation where your point guards, you know, a tall point guard who can, you know, could play the two or three, but you need to have them running the offense and stuff. They're not going to mess that up and draft um Scoot there, which yeah, then puts pressure on Portland. I don't know if like c- can you play two point guards? Like he's, I think he's pretty short, six foot two or something. Yeah, he's pretty short. Pretty short. So then, like, I don't know. Do they maybe go a little bit in the season, just waiting for someone to give an offer for Lillard? But I'm sure there'll be plenty of teams out there chasing him. Um, but yeah, a bit of a shame for Rockets. But like at the same time, who do they who do they take then? Say if they got third, they're just with another guard, um, and they're already pretty guard loaded there. But yeah, I don't think when you look at Haywood, you you're going who cares? Well, if we have to whatever we have to do with him, you look at Bridges, hasn't played in a year, obviously got in some trouble. So I think they're just looking at this going. We got two, we got Lamelo. Now we want to pair him with a good four that we can you know go into the future with, and we're not going to ruin you know his Lamelo's growth by bringing in another guard. Yeah, and um, I know you like wings, so big time yeah, in the playoffs. Top three if they... wing, it's, it's pretty big. And he's yeah, a defensive guy, yeah. great offense as well. He's definitely a confident player as well. So I like I like Brandon Miller. Yeah, so we'll see. Um, question number three: the games tomorrow. Can the Boston Celtics bring it back from three one? Um, I don't think they can. I think Heat have played well. Obviously, they played better three out of four of the games, but I think I saw a lot more in the Heat's wins than I did the Celtics. I think they were going, there was about two minutes left in the third and it was like a three-point game or something. And then Celtics kind of pushed it to 11 just before that fourth quarter. And then I think they came out and they just put like a quick six points on it and bang, the lead was to 17. And then it was kind of just a battle back and forth. When I look back and watch the, you know, look at the early games when they were tight the whole time and it was a real battle Heat seem to come out on top. So I think tomorrow, I know Boston are back home, but we saw it didn't really matter in the first two games. Um, I think tomorrow, um, yeah, I reckon they'll actually get it done tomorrow. And if not, obviously game six, but I'm, I'm actually expecting them to get it done tomorrow again. Just I think that they'll, like Eric Spolsky is just a freak of a coach. They'll be able to go back to the drawing board, see exactly what went wrong, Um etc. have a few more plays. Oh, I think Duncan Robinson, you, you went from 22 the game before to almost zero or something, or something small. Like, you know, just a good player off the bench who does that for you. It's not going to happen every game. Bam didn't play that well. Um, Jimmy was probably the only good player. And we see that this Heat team, they go a lot better when everyone's playing good. Yeah. So yeah, I'm expecting them to get it done tomorrow. I just think whether they're the better team on paper or not, they are playing better basketball at the moment. Um, and yet, game five I'm expecting, but if not game six, I don't think it goes to seven at all. Yeah. Um, this series has been interesting. Definitely the biggest shock and probably my worst prediction up to this point. I thought this would be over pretty quickly. Um, I think Boston, depth-wise, are the much better team. 
Uh, I think anyone can agree with that. Uh, I know I know the Heat are absolutely schooling them uh, in these first couple games, uh, especially the first three, especially the third one. Uh, Boston Celtics looked down and out. I think the Heat were up 30 for almost, for almost three quarters of the game. Yeah. It was very ugly. I didn't watch much of it. Um, but the first two games were predominantly close. I feel like this series has been a, a series of runs. Mm, um, there's a lot of 10-0 runs. You look back on it's 12-2 run by Boston, 15-2 run by Miami. Um, so both teams are just get on their runs and it's, you know, it hits the second and third quarter and one team just, you know, extends one of those runs um, and it kind of solidifies the game even if someone tries to bring it back. So tomorrow it's in Boston. I think Boston will win. Um, and I think it'll be uh, quite a confident win. But then that game six in Miami, like Charles Barkley said, I know Charles doesn't like to predict much, but that game six in Miami will be a massive game for Miami. If they don't get it done tomorrow, it'll head back to Miami and Miami will be playing their best basketball. And if Boston can somehow beat them through that and go to game seven, I think they'll be the first team to ever come back from 3-0. I'm only saying that because Boston, in my opinion, have the best roster in the league and they're coming up against an eight seed. But right now, Miami Heat are out hustling them. They're out harding them. They're out shooting them. And Jimmy Butler is leading them very well. Joe Mazzulla's coaching and rotations have been a little bit iffy as well that I've noticed. Like, um, I feel like he's panicking when they go down 10, 12, and he's putting on different rotations that don't really suit each other. Um, he's using Grant Williams a lot. I know Grant stepped up last game. But, um, yeah, it's just a, it's a lot changing compared to what they're used to running. So Jalen Brown is very underwhelming this series. He has been um, playing out of his skin all playoffs in this series. I don't know whether it's the defensive schemes. I don't know what they're throwing at him, but um, he's not really stepping up to the plate. Um, Brogdon had a bit of a shocker last game in the win as well. So it's interesting. Obviously, if I had to put my money on, I'd probably say Heat with them being up 3-0, now 3-1, um, to win one out of the next three. But I do think the Boston Celtics can do it. Um, and I would not be surprised if they are the first team to ever come back from 3-0. A Boston Nuggets series, in my opinion, would be more entertaining than a Nuggets Heat series as well. I agree, but it's weird how that works. Hey, like yeah. when you see, so say if say if, uh, Heat win tomorrow four one, somehow mm. it seems more entertaining mm. that Celtics would make it through, even though it makes zero sense. Yeah. I don't know why. It just I get what you mean though. It's just different teams and different matchups. I think like yeah, obviously the Heat match up with Boston very well, and it's like you know Suns Suns might absolutely blow through Golden State um, and their path through, but they had to go up against the Nuggets and the Nuggets yeah. just match up with them nicely. Yeah. So it's weird. Well, Bucks, Bucks, does, could have, Bucks could be versing Heat right now if they, they versus the Celtics. We never know. Yeah. Does does um Horford get torched though by Jokic? Yeah, that's the that's the that's the thing that kind of I think the Heat match up with Nuggets pretty nicely. You know, you've got Bam's Jimmy, a very good defender. You've got Bam guarding Jokic, you've got Jimmy guarding Murray. And then the rest are kind of wing defenders against wing defenders and wing shooters against wing shooters. You know, you've got Mike Malone versus Spolstra. You know, you've got the Jokic beef with um, the Miami Heat players and the brothers didn't like the Miami players last time. Um, I think it's a good matchup. But yeah. at the same time, the Celtics, you know, Rob Williams and Al Horford are going to have to guard Jokic. Um, it's a bit of a tough one. We saw Duran and Booker, which is kind of like similar to Tatum and Brown, get kind of clamped by Bruce Brown, KCP, MPJ. Not clamp, sorry. Booker Booker dropped thirty five, and you know KD had his a few good games. Like Booker was playing the best player out of this whole playoffs. He didn't get clamped, 
but I felt they were very limited to what they would do and they're not, they weren't winning games. They were scoring a lot of points, but they weren't, you know, making winning plays. So they weren't Does, getting slammed, but they shot them down a little bit. I don't know. I feel like, like Boston's defense is very underwhelming. Like they're just, they don't seem like they can defend that well. Yeah. Uh, they've got all the offen- like offensive firepower in the world. But I think like when you look at the Nuggets team, I think they're a much better defensive side. I thought the Nuggets would struggle playing defense in the playoffs, but they added KCP, who I think has been huge. Bruce Brown, good defender. Yeah. When you look back at the Celtics now, like you're just watching it, they get a switch and like you just see them. They're a bit lost out there. I don't know what it is. I feel like that's what's really let them down, yeah. this playoffs, the Celtics. And like the heat are putting big margins on them. Yeah. You don't see that very often. Yeah. I think there's just a lot of things that kind of um, make me scratch my head. Like Marcus Smart is known to be one of the best guard defenders. Yeah. Um, did he win a defensive player of the year recently? He's He's been so. in the talks. He's been in the talks. Um, anyway, Gabe Vincent's out here dropping 18. Lowry's coming off the bench dropping 15. Duncan's coming off the bench dropping 22. Jimmy Butler's averaging 32. Like where are the guard defenders? Jalen Browning, you're meant to be a defensive yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, you've got Brogdon off the bench, who's great defensively. I'm like, what's going on? Like who's yeah. who's who's putting a stop to to the guards on the Miami Heat? You can't have Struce coming on dropping 18. Like there's there's so many players that are coming on and putting up great performances for Miami when their season averages uh are nothing compared to especially compared to the Boston Celtics, like Derek White, Brogdon, Smart, Brown, like all these sort of players um are just so much better than the Heat's depth and they're just the Heat's bench players are just coming on and absolutely tearing them up. So I don't know what's going on. I don't know if it's Spolstra's offense, but we'll see. We'll see tomorrow. Hopefully Celtics can pull it out and make the series a little bit more interesting. Um, on to question four. This is an interesting one and a little bit of a, a hot topic. Um, I know you're not a huge fan because of what he's done in the past few years, but where is the best landing spot for Kyrie Irving this offseason, if there is one? If not, should he re-sign with the Mavericks? Well, I've been pretty out there and saying Mavericks is the worst fit possible for him. Um, so what, his contract's up? It's is not it? up, but presuming with how the season went and them trading, they had a great record. I think I think they were fifth. And then they got Kyrie and they moved all the way to 11th and missed the playoffs altogether. Yeah. Having a top three player, arguably, in the league. Yeah, I presume they will be looking to maybe move him. If yep. not, do they re-sign him? Um, well, for, no, they won't. I don't think they'll re-sign him. I think that's the stupidest decision ever. Where does he fit, though? Like, it's a good question. Now, what can I don't know what you can get for him if he's got say one more year on this contract. What who's going to give up that much for a player who could play after season and seems to be really picky if he actually wants to play or not? Um, I'm trying to think of some teams that he could go to. There's not many. I think that would suit him or would be happy to stay there. Like maybe, like see, like if you're if you're not like OKC is not going to want him. Um, there's no real contenders that you look at. Like, could he could he go to the Heat? Maybe like I don't know. But they probably not 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 really his type of. I don't know. I feel like Jimmy would have a lot of say in who comes. Like he wants yeah. someone who's playing every game, giving it their heart. It just doesn't look like Kyrie. Because I'm trying to think if he's going to go somewhere, he's going to want to be, you know, playing, you know, deep into the season. I'm just trying to think of maybe maybe a team like the Timberwolves, they can give up Cat or something um, to get him there. And 
I think he'd kind of like that, just being able to do his own thing, has just a forward in Edwards who he can, you know, when he gets a bit into trouble, just dish it off to. That'd probably be my my top pick, the Timberwolves, actually. Wouldn't be too bad because I don't think they're doing much at the moment with Cat and Edwards. It's just not not it. And then, obviously, he can have the ball in his hands a lot. Edwards can play off the ball a little bit, and then when he has to dish it there, he can do it. Um, but would they give up Cat for Kyrie with one year on his contract? I don't know. I probably would if I'm Minnesota. I probably would. I, I would like to see him off the Mavericks. I think Luca plays much better when the ball is predominantly in his hands. Yeah. Um, I know there was one play where they passed it, passed it, passed it on a game winner. And I just saw it. This, this, I know it was one play and Kyrie didn't actually play too bad. Like his averages, it's just the team record. It just wasn't meshing. Um, I think it's better when Luca has surrounded by wing shooters and he's got a lob threat. Um, so I would like to see Kyrie move. I think Kyrie does want out. Um, I, I would like to see Kyrie reunite with LeBron in his final few years in LA, pair up with Davis, run the one. Obviously, D'Lo wasn't playing in the last bit, so I presume Lakers are looking for a point guard. Um, there's been talks with Trey Young, Lillard, Beal. Um, but Kyrie, Kyrie would be a pretty pretty great story if he reunites with LeBron and uh, wins a ring in his last few years. I reckon that would be pretty cool. Um, the Clippers could be another one. I mean, they got Westbrook. Not sure if Westbrook's staying on that roster, but Kyrie, Kawhi, and Paul George, if healthy, could be a deadly offensive lineup. Obviously, that would create one of the uh, most non-active teams in the league. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, Bucks would be another good one. Um, you move Drew, Drew to the two, Middleton mm. to the three after their disappointing season. You had a bit of firepower to the point guard spot and a, and a closer since Middleton doesn't yeah. want to step up and close. Yeah. In, that's, that's a good call. That's probably the best um, Yeah, and you give Giannis, you know, another superstar and... It'd be pretty cool. They'd I think Kari, Kari, Kari could end his career there, and they could they could probably build the dynasty out of that one as well. So it's not a bad not a bad fit, Milwaukee. But that would be my three: Lakers, Clippers, or the Bucks, or the yep. Wizards. If I could pick, point guard <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't be a bad fit for us. Um, we'll get into questions of the week. Uh, let's see yours. All right, now now that the Lakers have just done that, kind of, this kind of revolves around LeBron as well. Do they attract any free agent um, interest, you know, going into the offseason now? Yeah. Or is it a bit kind of like we're waiting for this to end with, you know, the LeBron AD and like, are they good enough to, you know, get another piece and actually win a championship? Because you'd think there's a lot like the Celtics, the Nuggets, um, a team like the Hawks, the Bucks should be better next year. Like all these teams I'm expecting to improve, whereas LA I think is probably going to get worse. So do they have enough? to bring in someone else, uh, like from the free agency. Yeah, I'm not sure with all the cap space um, if they can. Oh, yeah, let's say they Aust- move Let's say they move some pieces. Okay. Austin Reeves, I know, is in, in big big trouble. Uh, Lakers mm-hmm. are in big trouble with Austin Reeves. Sorry, Austin Reeves said he's going to follow the money. He's been mentioning that quite a lot throughout the season. Um, so a team is going to offer Austin Reeves $50 million after his playoff run and Lakers just cannot afford that. So I think we're going to see Austin Reeves on another team, whether that be a young team coming up, whether that be a sort of playing team um, or even a contender that could use him off the bench. I don't think he's going to be on the Lakers next season at all. Um, I think we're going to see a Rui re-signing. I think we're going to maybe see a Vanderbilt re-signing. We always see that the Lakers are, you know, always attracting big free agents and there's always the possibility of Dame, 
you know, can they bring in Durant, all these other players that the the, the fans like to announce in the offseason. But I think this is the season where it actually happens. I, I, I don't think Trey Young's coming out of the Hawks, no. um, but I do think this is the year that Lillard moves from Portland, whether that be LA or New York, um, whether that be Milwaukee, I'm not too sure. I think Kyrie has a chance to go. And if n- neither of them go, I think it's going to be Bradley Beal, sadly. I think Bradley Beal, it's time. He had a bit of an offseason this year, although he was very efficient. Um, and his playmaking playmaking uh, stats went up. Um, he just wasn't the closer we needed. And I think they're going to look to build through Kuz, Porzingis in the draft um, and kind of see if they can build, you know, a, a new backcourt. So I think Beal could be the one they bring in to kind of help LeBron get over the line. Um, Beal's a very good player. They're going to need a bit more than that. Um, but I still think a lot of people want to play in LA no matter what. It's just a different, it's a different vibe than a lot of these low market teams. So I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say yes. Um, just quickly off that too, I did see there was some people saying today that if you run the numbers, Wiggins, Paul and Kaminga for LeBron would work contract-wise. What would you think of that? It would be pretty pretty nuts to see LeBron and Curry team up on Golden State. Yeah. Um, I think it actually almost works better for both teams. Yeah. Weirdly enough. Like- There'll be there'll be a team, either one of them will go like there's no way in hell, but somehow it actually does kind of look nice. Yeah. I think LeBron, you don't trade LeBron for anything unless you you're can't. unless you're getting a, an absurd amount of picks. And I think he's gonna leave no matter what. So if he goes to Golden State and Bronny gets drafted to, you know, the Raptors, he's He'll leaving go to the Raptors. So Yeah. Yeah. That's why I think it's a little bit of a it's a it's a difficult thing to talk about because what if Bronny gets what if Bronny's on the draft board at 12 and you've got the fourth pick and you're like, we get LeBron as well though. Yeah. It's like, it's like a two in one package. So does that, is that kind of like a, I don't know. That's, it seems a little bit unfair. Well, I don't, you'd have to think it's not worth it for one season, but I get what you mean. You'd be going like, no, if you're still putting up 28 and then you get Bronny as well, it might be a little bit worth it. So. Yeah, true. We'll see. My question of the week. Um, I want you to get up the 2022 NBA draft. Um, and I want you to tell me which sophomore are you most excited to see next year and who will have the biggest impact on their team? Um, well, I think one of the more entertaining people we're yet to see is Shet Holmgren. I think that's how you say his name, actually. But um, yeah, I was actually playing a bit of my GM the other night. I was like, oh, I'll try to rebuild the Thunder. Pretty bored. And yeah, I completely forgot they've got him. You look at it, number two pick, had a pretty big boom on him coming into the league. Obviously, Banchero playing extremely well. Um, he's very exciting going forward. Honestly, when you look like, I wouldn't say anyone's been really bad in the draft. I was, yeah. Is it a little bit underwhelming? I think it could be, you know, when you look at the first pick, he was very good. Like, you're not disappointed at all. Like, but then you're just looking at a bit of solid, like Jabari Smith, solid, Keegan Murray, solid. Jay Nivey was injured for most season. A little bit. A little bit. Um, he was probably a little bit of a letdown, like out of the top five. Um, Dyson Daniels, um, who I was a big, had a big opinion of going into the league, probably didn't play as well as I thought he would have, but he looks like a player who would get better over time, just kind of watching him. Um so so chan or sohan on the spurs um you know just solid like there's no real standouts other than ben kept benchero however you say his name um but yeah probably shet coming into this 
um, season. He's going to be huge for the Thunder. They've got um, Jalen Williams. They play center. Quite a small source, uh, small center. This is going to be completely different. You're getting the. He's quite a decent three point shooter, isn't he? Yeah. For a big guy. Yeah. You're um getting a pretty good substitute here. Um, with a bit more height, you can move him to the four now. Still space the floor. Just gives you so much more options having that big down there. Um, and I think he's kind of weirdly enough like he's obviously a lot shorter than um Weminyoma. Um, but he like they're kind of the same builds. Like kind of have this, you know the same play style. Obviously, Shet's no nowhere near as good as him. But I think he's kind of just been forgotten about a little bit with this draft coming in and I'm, he's not going to, he's probably not going to be as good as him or whatever, but they have the same kind of tendencies. I feel like. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to uh, ride with the chat sort yes. of uh, the person I think is going to make the biggest impact. I think is going to be him. I think Ben Kerr is obviously going to be putting up uh, probably bigger numbers. Obviously he's the, he's the number one option on the magic. Um, and I think Paolo might, you know, ease his way sort of into a Tatum, um, Tatum career where he's kind of that number one small forward. But um, it's just unlucky that Tatum got drafted into a team that was already very good in the Celtics, where Ben Kerr has gone into a rebuilding magic. Um, my most exciting player is Jalen Williams from the Thunder. Um, not Jalen with a Y, Jalen uh, with no Y, the small forward. Um, I think he averaged 14 last year. Um, I think he only started playing well halfway through the season. Um, he ended up being there, you know, third or fourth option. He might have actually been the third option in front of Lou Dort. Um, and I think they started giving Lou Dort bench roles because of this rookie, Jalen Williams. So he's a, he's a great player. He's got a great shooting form. He's defensive. Uh, he takes a lot of shots. He's very confident. Um, and he's got great height for his position. And now they've got Chet coming in. I think they've got the 12th pick. Um, Shea just had a arguably MVP season. Josh Giddy improved um, drastically. So things mm. are looking very good for the Thunder. And I love the way they play. And J-Dub is a big part of it. And I'm keen for his second year. He's putting up 14, 4, and 3 in his first year. His second year should be great. Another player I'm interested in looking out for is Jaden Ivey. I really like how the Pistons are setting up their future. Um, I like the Bagley acquisition. I like the Wiseman acquisition. I like them drafting Jalen Duran. Wiseman and Duran kind of fighting for minutes, but they both play very similar, both big um, lob threats, great defenders. They've got Cade who had a, who didn't play last year. So Jaden Ivey kind of ran, had to kind of run the team and they threw him in the deep end, which I like for a rebuilding team. Um, so Ivey, his shooting, his shooting was a little bit off um, and he was a very, very inconsistent. Um, I think, I think he missed one eighth or one two eighths of the season. Um, but I, I do like Ivey's, upside and I think he's a very athletic player and I think he's going to coincide with Cade very well. Not sure what they do with the fifth pick. I think they will go after a small forward. They have said Bojan is going to be a big piece of their team um, as a vet and he played very well for the Pistons as well and obviously they've got Dwayne Casey as the head coach so I really like where the Pistons are going so um, Jaden Ivey is another big one for me but impact I'm going to say Ben Caro but I think Chet is a really good pick for rookie of the year next year if he's paying a decent amount, I think he'll, he might. Can he, numbers. I don't know will if he can will be. He out, will he outstat yeah. Wembenyama on the Spurs with no one else? I'm not too sure. But if Wem, if Wemby drops with an injury, touch wood, mm. Chet's a great pick. Chet yeah. is a great pick. Especially yeah. if Scoot goes to a team where Portland and Charlotte, where he's not going to be the main ball handler. 
could be could be a great pick chat but um we'll wrap it up there thank you guys so much for joining us uh we're going to be uploading some of these skits on youtube shorts tiktok instagram um and youtube so make sure you go subscribe and we'll catch you next week